Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to New Creation Realities. And we're going to go ahead and continue with our lessons in Christ. And what, I, what I'd like to do uh, for this class is basically continue looking at the lexicons here. I'll, I'll, we'll look at the Strong's uh, Greek dic Dictionary, the New Testament, the Strong's Dictionary, and, well, that's basically it. Because uh, we'll continue looking at this, this term here, N, Strong's number 1722, and just make a few comments as we read along in the definition that the Strong's Dictionary provides. So, <clears throat> once again, our uh, our main verse that we're kind of bringing everything into focus with um, and into view with, with our term N for these lessons, is John chapter 14, verse 20. And I'll just read it. John chapter 14, verse 20. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And of course, the term N shows up one, two, three, four times in that one verse. And one of the main things uh, that we're looking at with this with this seemingly small word of, of two Greek letters, N, uh, is just how profoundly it, it describes and testifies of our relationship with God in Christ. The relationship we have who is Christ himself. All right, so I'm just going to go ahead and uh, continue reading here with the strongest definition for the term N, Strong's number 1722, a primary preposition denoting fixed position. And once again, with me, it is not a matter of position or positionally. And I've heard that taught uh, when I was uh, when I was first born again. When I was a young believer, I heard it taught how the, we would look at the passages where Paul would declare uh, verses like, seeing then that you are risen with Christ, and verses like that, and how seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and how it was taught and um, declared to me how it was a, uh, a positional thing, you know? Uh, kind of almost theoretical. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, that's what it is for the one who does not see that reality in the face of Jesus Christ. Uh, for one, I'm right. I'm in my house right now, and that's that's not like a theoretical thing. That's that's not a positional thing. I know where I am based upon what I see, and therefore what my mind my my brain, my mind computes, calculates, okay? Greater than that little example on the earth, God the Father knows where our soul is from and since the moment of new birth. God the Father knows the truth. It is us, his body, who does not know the truth. 
The truth, of course, being Christ himself. Jesus said this, No man knoweth the Son, but the Father. And no man knoweth the Father, but the Son, and he unto whom he will reveal him. So it's never man's knowledge. Man's knowledge is complete ignorance concerning Christ. It's either man's knowledge that the heart is submitted unto, or it is the knowledge of God that the heart is submitted unto. One is darkness, the knowledge of man, and one is light and knowledge, the knowledge of God, who is Christ himself. So <clears throat> I'll just uh, read it again. A primary preposition denoting fixed, I'll just insert my word, condition. Because once again, at the moment of new birth, our souls by the Spirit of God have been brought to a new condition from the condition of death unto the condition of life because Christ, who is life, is now present. All right, so going on. Uh, in whatever place below, in whatever time below, at whatever time below, or in whatever state below, okay? And by implication, instrumentality, Medially or constructively, that is a relation of rest. Now, I think that's probably where we might have left off our last class. And we also looked at the online Bible Greek lexicon uh, definition for the term N. Was it for the term N? No, it was for the term baptize. Excuse me. <clears throat> so, but continue on, continuing on right here. And by implication, instrumentality, medially or constructively, that is, a relation of rest. Intermediate between Strong's number 1519 and Strong's number 1537. In, at, upon, by, etc. <clears throat> All right. So... Intermediate between Strong's number 1519 and Strong's number uh, 1537. And what we're going to do uh, in this class today, we're going to go ahead and look at those Strong's numbers, those Greek terms, and just kind of look at those definitions. So the first one, Strong's number 1519, uh, the Greek term ace. I think they have it transliterated as ice. Something like that. <clears throat> A primary preposition, and this is Strong's number 1519, a primary preposition to or into, indicating the point reached or entered. Indicating the point having been reached or having been entered. Not the point to be reached, not the point to be entered, but the point having been reached, having been entered. <clears throat> now, once again, at the moment of new birth, in the tender mercy and ever-bounding grace of God, God, by His Holy Spirit, enables our soul to be able to respond to his calling, to his invitation, whereby our soul receives the immeasurable gift who is Christ himself. 
That is the moment of salvation. That is the moment of new birth when Christ appears in the soul. At that very same moment, because Christ is present in the soul, our soul, at that very same moment, by the Holy Spirit, has been brought into Christ himself, this very one. This is why you'll have uh, the passages, the verses, the declaration of truth, of reality by the Apostle Paul saying things like, seeing then you are risen with Christ, or raised up together, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, of course, this is our soul, brothers and sisters. The natural eye cannot see this. The natural eye cannot see the soul, its own soul or the soul of any other man, of any other person, okay? God, on the other hand, sees the Son, whether he be in the soul or not. If the Son is in the soul, that soul is born again. If he is not, then the soul is not born again, all right? God sees the Son. God knows the truth. God knows Christ. All right. <clears throat> so back over here. A primary primary preposition to or into indicating the point reached or entered. This is what happens to our soul the moment of new birth. I want to read, uh, and we've read it several times before, but Colossians. I want to go ahead and read Colossians. Let me find it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. This is the Apostle Paul. He is speaking to the church. He is speaking to the body of Christ. He is speaking to those who are born again. If then you were raised with Christ, and I want to look at a different uh, <clears throat> translation for that, because the that, that term, if... Uh, kind of uh, what it does it just kind of makes it like well maybe maybe not it, it 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 brings about a condition it's kind of like a conditional statement if this then this well brothers and sisters uh, it is so it's not a well maybe the born-again believer is or maybe he's not or maybe not yet or no 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 this is reality at the moment of new birth so, uh, let's see. The condition has been met the moment of new birth. This is the Weist translation, all right? A very little translation. This is the Weist translation, once again, for Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. In view of the fact, therefore, that you were raised with Christ, the things above be constantly seeking where Christ is on the right hand of God seated. That is reality. In view of the fact, therefore, that you were raised with Christ. I want to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 
look at another another passage which we actually looked at we've looked at in our last classes this is uh, Ephesians chapter 2 starting with verse 1 the Apostle Paul once again and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins speaking to the church to the body of Christ to those who were born again in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also you once conducted, or we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. This man, mankind going about his own business. No life, completely dead, having no life because Christ isn't present. Verse 4, this is the tender mercy and ever-abounding grace of God, God taking the initiative right here, but God. This was your condition before, dead in sin. You could do nothing about it. God takes the initiative, but God, who is rich in mercy. See, mercy is... An example of mercy would be one who is completely and utterly powerless to change their condition, while there is another who is all-powerful to effect the change needed, to effect the change of the condition needed. This is God Almighty, El Shaddai. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, <clears throat> even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And we can all accept that. Yes, we are born again by grace. But he goes on. And raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's part of the passage, brothers and sisters. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, as I stated, we cannot see this with a natural eye. Impossible. By... By natural knowledge, God, excuse me, by natural knowledge, man knew not God. Once again, Jesus himself declaring, No man knoweth the Son but the Father, and no man knows the Father but the Son, and he to whom he will reveal him. Remember when Jesus asked his disciples, Who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say that that prophet or that that man or uh, John the Baptist come back again. That's why all these miracles are at work at him. And others say this, others say that. And then finally, you know, Jesus says, okay, well, who do you say that I am? I mean, you're my disciples. You're with me all the time. You're listening to me. You're, you're, you're viewing me. You're seeing everything that's done. Who do you say that I am? We all know the passage Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus rejoices, and he says, 
Peter, you're blessed because flesh and blood, what is natural, what comes from the natural senses, what comes from the knowledge of man, mankind, did not reveal this unto you, but my Father revealed it unto you, who is in heaven. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The moment of new birth, brothers and sisters, is when Christ appears in the soul. That very exact same moment, our soul is now found in life. Our soul is now found in salvation. Our soul is now found in rest. All the terms that testify of Christ himself. Back to whoops, Colossians. We find it again. I love this, the Weist translation of this. Where is it? Okay. In view of the fact, therefore, that you were, past tense, raised with Christ, because he's speaking to believers, those who are born again, the things above be constantly seeking where Christ is on the right hand of God, seated. All right. Going on. <clears throat> A primary preposition to or into, indicating the point reached. In view of the fact, therefore, that you were raised with Christ, or the point having been entered already. He's speaking, once again, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church, those who are born again, those who have already experienced the miracle of new birth. He's declaring reality the truth. Now remember once again, first there is reality, then there is the knowledge of reality. All right. Going on, uh, where were we? Of place, of time, or figuratively, purpose, result, etc. Also, in adverbial, adverbial phrases. Then it goes on to give the terms, how it's translated um, into the English. All right, our next term, the other one we want to look at, is uh, Strong's number 1537, ek or X. A primary preposition. Now remember once again these two terms, uh, ace or ice and ek or x, uh, these are intermediate, or excuse me, the term n is intermediate between these two terms. All right. Now back to the term ek or x. A primary preposition denoting origin origin 
the point whence action or motion proceeds. The point from which, whence action or motion proceeds. Remember once again the Apostle Paul. He is declaring that in Christ, in Him, we live, move, and have our being. In, uh, in speaking to the Berean students, I was giving a, an example of, uh, <laughs> it's going to be a terrible example, but it conveys the idea. Anyway, um, conveying the, uh, giving the example of like a virtual reality headset. And you put the visor, the headset on, and it's like in your, you're in another world. And yet, it's virtual reality. It's not reality. It's not real. Oh, 3D effects, 4D effects. It may seem so real. It's not. It's not. The Apostle Paul declaring reality, the reality that he saw in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ, declares that it is in him that we live, that we move, and that we have our being. We do not find our life below. We do not find our moving, our actions, our proceedings below. And we, don't, we do not find our being below. We find it wherein our life is found in Christ Jesus above. In view of the fact, therefore, that you are raised with Christ, that things above be constantly seeking where Christ is, seated at the right, oh, on the right hand of God, seated. Okay. <clears throat> I want us to look at uh, a few more verses here. This is John. Chapter 3, verse 7. This is Jesus himself speaking. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. You must be, and this is, of course, with his conversation with Nicodemus. Back to our definition, a primary, or excuse me, a primary preposition denoting origin. Let me look at this verse in a different Bible app. John, John 3, 7. John chapter 3, verse 7. Do not marvel that I, that I said to you, you must be born again. We are looking at the term again. And this is just the, the Strong's definition for that term again. Anothen, I think, in the Greek. Anothen. It's from Strong's number 507, from above. From above. See, every person who is born, born in the flesh, if 
If you're viewing this, if you're listening to this, you have been born in the flesh, born of Adam, born of the Adamic man, of the Adamic creation, born of below, first man Adam, of the dust of the earth. But Jesus is saying you must be born again because God created our soul with purpose. He created our soul for Christ, his son. All right, so you must be born again. Now, born altogether anew from 507, Strong's number 507, from above. Now you must be born from above. It goes on by analogy from the first. Uh, John the Baptist said this, he who is coming after me uh, is greater than I, for he is before me from the first. Jesus says, I am the first, I am the last, I am the beginning, I am the end. It goes on by implication, anew. The translators trans, translate anothen uh, into the, the, that, Greek, that Greek word into the English uh, phrases from above. You must be born from above. And again, you must be born again. And from the beginning, from the very first. And from, here's another way it's translated, the top. <clears throat> the origin. Every single person who was born had their origin in Adam, the Adamic creation once again, the Adamic man. That soul must now be born again and have its origin, its beginning, from above, from Christ himself. All right. Another verse. Let's look at another verse. This is uh, still in the Gospel of John. John chapter 7, verse 25. Yeah. John chapter 7, verse 25 through 29. Concerning, I'm just looking at concerning the term origin. A primary preposition denoting origin. Our previous uh, Greek term ace or ice that we were looking at, a primary preposition to or into, indicating the point reached, the point that has already been reached, or the point that has already been entered. Now this one, ek or x, is a primary primary preposition denoting origin. So John chapter 7, verse 25 through 29. Now some of them from Jerusalem said, is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? And, of course, they're speaking of Jesus himself. Verse 27, However, we know where this man is from, but when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. Verse 28, Then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple, saying, You both know me, and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. John 
verse 28. I like I like the way the King James uh, says it. Now I've been reading out of the New King James, but but listen to the way the King James uh, says it. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and you, you know, ye know, whence I am. You know whence I am. I like that. From whence I am. My origin. All right? This is John. Chapter 8, still in the Gospel of John, chapter 8. Now let's look at verse 12. 12 through 14. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered, and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from. Now let's look at that in the King James. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear, bear witness of myself, yet my record is true, for I know whence I came and whither I go. I know my origin. Okay? That was uh, John chapter 8, verse 14. I know from whence I am come. All right, another, still continuing with the Gospel of John, John chapter 19, verse 6. 6 through 11. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, you take him, you take Jesus, and crucify him. I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was the more afraid. And here we go, verse 9. And went again, how does it say? Then, uh, verse 9, and went again, Pilate was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, this is the King James Version, Whence art thou? The new King James, where are you from? Where is your origin? That's verse 9. And we're going to uh, verse 11. Then, um, but Jesus gave him no answer. See, man has to prove himself to man. Man has to prove to another man. And most, most of the time it's while debating that what he knows is true to convince the other person that he's true. God doesn't have to convince any man of the truth. He does not have to prove himself truthful. He doesn't have to prove himself 
being the truth. He, God does not have to prove anything. It's man who wants to prove others or prove himself. But Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. I'll say it this way. Jesus, while he walked on the earth among men, right here, Jesus walking on the earth among men, Jesus lived, moved, and had his being in the Father. Jesus knew from whence he came. Jesus knew the origin, the source, the fountain. His origin, his source, his fountain. All right, here's John, still in the Gospel of John. Now we're going to John chapter 14, verse 10. This is Jesus speaking. Do you not believe that I am in the Father? I think he was speaking to Philip. Yep, he sure was. He was speaking to Philip because Philip says, uh, show us the Father and that's sufficient. That's all we need. Just show us the Father. Uh, Jesus' response in verse 9, he says, Have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Verse 10, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak to you, I, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. A primary preposition to, oh, excuse me, the other, I was looking at the wrong definition. A primary preposition denoting origin. Now, brothers and sisters, remember, we're, our main text, our main text for this term N that we're looking at, Strong's number 1722, is John chapter 14, verse 20. I'll read it once again. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. But it is only in that day that you will know. Because if we walk in the natural day, governed by a natural light, a natural knowledge, then concerning God, it is darkness and ignorance. But us who are born again, if our hearts walk in the eternal day, the eternal light, the eternal knowledge of God, who is Christ himself, then we know whence we come because we know whom is present and we know unto whom our souls have been brought. In that day you will know, and it will not be the knowing, it is not the knowing of man below, brothers and sisters, it is the knowing of God above. Remember, Jesus said this, no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Man below, 
ignorant of Christ. Oh, yes, we can read it in the scriptures. Yes, Jesus. I mean, Peter said it. I read it. I studied it. I, I searched it out. I memorized it. Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Well, great. You just quoted a verse based upon what you heard, what you saw with your natural eyes, and what you understood with your natural brain. But brothers and sisters, from whence do we, those who are born again, come? Do we come from the knowledge of man below? Do we come from below? Or do we come from the knowledge of God above, who is Christ himself? The knowledge of God above must be revealed by God above. It requires a miracle of God. We can, us who are born again, you know this, you who are born again, you know this, especially those of you who are Baptist, you know this, when you're speaking to a person who's not born again, you are sharing verses with them, you are communicating with them, and basically the bottom line, the, the just of the whole matter, the gist of the whole matter that you're communicating is you must be born again. You know that. You know that until they are born again, it doesn't matter what they believe, what they do, how they act. I mean, they can even come to church on Sundays and brothers and sisters, don't get me wrong, they should be in an environment where the gospel is being declared. How, I mean, how shall they hear except there be a preacher? And how shall there be a preacher except one be sent? Be sent by who? By man or from above, by God? From whence do you come, you who are born again? We who are born again, from whence do we come? Do we come from man and man's authority? Or do we come from God, God's authority? What, unto what is our heart submitted? Is, is it submitted unto, unto the knowledge of man below? then we come in our own authority or in man's authority, just like Pilate. I mean, do you not know that I have authority to either, you know, do this or do that? Or is our heart submitted unto the knowledge of God above, Christ himself? No. The only authority here is that which God permits and allows. And everything that God permits allows, does, and doesn't do, is designed of God to direct the heart unto Christ above. So presenting the gospel to one who is not born again, you know they must be born again. They, but, but they say, oh, well, you know, I go to church on Sunday. Well, that's good, but are you born again? Oh, well, I believe in God. Well, that's great, so do the demons, but are you born again? And please, please don't misunderstand me. Well, I've prayed the prayer. Oh, great, but are you born again? Was that prayer just a mental assent 
Was that prayer just something saying, okay, I agree with this. This sounds like a good deal. You know, uh, when I die, uh, I don't spend the rest of eternity in hell. Or was there an actual miracle of God that has taken place in your soul? Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You have been born of the flesh, below of the Adamic man. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is born of Adam is in Adam. Now you must be born again. That which is born of the Spirit, that which is born from above, that which is born from the beginning, that which is born of Christ, is in Christ. You must be born again. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? A primary preposition denoting origin, brothers and sisters, once again, from whence do we come, we who are born again? Do we come from the knowledge of man below, or do we come from the knowledge of God above? And with that question, it's basically this. Is our heart submitted unto the knowledge of man below? Then we come from below. Or is our heart submitted unto the knowledge of God above? Then we come from above. Are we sent of man, man's sending, or are we sent of God? There was a man who was sent of God. The same came to bear witness of the light, to testify of the light, to testify of Christ. We know this is John the Baptist. He was sent of God. Now listen to what I say. In order to be sent of God, you must be in God's presence. In view of the fact, let's look at that verse again. Oh, that was Colossians. I'll get there. <laughs> Someone's snoring in the background. The Weist translation, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. In view of the fact, therefore, that you were raised with Christ, the things above be constantly seeking. Basically, set your affection above. All the time, constantly. Where Christ is on the right hand of God, seated. From whence do we come? A primary preposition denoting origin. What is our origin, brothers and sisters, of us who are born again? What is our fountain? What is our source? And greater than the what? Whom is our origin? Whom is our source? Whom is our fountain? Remember, every single person that is born in the flesh is born in Adam. 
is born of the flesh. Those who are born again are born of the Spirit, born from above, born from the beginning, born from Christ, from God in Christ above. In that day, you will know, I am in my Father. You in me, and I in you. From whence do we come? What is our heart submitted unto? Because whatever our heart is submitted unto will determine from whence we come. Now, our soul, in reality, in reality, is eternally fast, secure in Christ. Our heart, like that example that I gave earlier, with that little virtual reality headset, our heart, on the other hand, can wander anywhere it wants to wander. But that doesn't change reality. Remember what the Lord told Jacob? when his name was Jacob, before his name was changed to Israel, when Jacob was leaving the land, going to Haran, the knowledge of man, man at his best, but still not the knowledge of God. Remember what the Lord tells Jacob? I will be with you wherever you go. And I will bring you back again. Now, brothers and sisters, at the moment of the new birth, Christ is eternally present, fixed in our soul. And because he is eternally present and fixed in our soul, our soul is eternally present and fixed in Christ. That is reality. Therefore, in view of the fact, therefore, that you were raised with Christ, the things above be constantly seeking, where Christ is on the right hand of God seated. In view of the fact, because of this reality, brothers and sisters, uh, we who are born again, because of this reality, now, let us walk in reality. Let us walk in the truth. Let us walk in the light as he is in the light. At that day, the eternal day, with the eternal light, wherein the eternal light always shines, no need of the sun, the natural sun, no need of the natural moon, no need of natural stars, no, no, no. For the Lamb is the light thereof. Always shines. In that day, you will know. I am in my Father, ye are in me, and I am in you. Going on, Strong's number 1537, the term, the word ek or ex, a primary preposition denoting origin. It goes on, the point whence action or motion proceeds. the point whence action or motion proceeds. Once again, 
What was our verse? Our verse, whoops, wrong tab. Our verse was, oh, we haven't read it. Okay. So now we will read it. Another passage, still in the Gospel of John, or back to the Gospel of John, John chapter 6, verse, starting with verse 28. Oh, then <laughs> I was, uh, I came to this verse because, well, I just, I, I, I stated this. And I've, said, I've stated this before, but uh, we as believers, we want to have an impact in the world for Christ. We want to have an impact on the world for God. We do. You know, we do. We do. Uh, but we think that that impact is based upon what we physically do by our labors. Brothers and sisters, the impact that the church has upon the world is in direct proportion to whatever the heart of its members of the church is submitted unto. Remember my little example of virtual reality? Where do you think the world got that from? Colossians, once again, the Weist translation. In view of the fact, speaking to the church, the Apostle Paul speaking to the church, the body of Christ, those who are born again, in view of the fact, therefore, that you were raised with Christ, this is the moment of new birth, brothers and sisters. The things above be constantly seeking where Christ is on the right hand of God, seated. This is where our souls are eternally found and secured of God. And yet, our hearts are wandering like in a virtual reality world, it's not real. We just believe it's real. And it's all found in the temporal realm below. The realm of natural sight and natural sound, natural understanding. But it is not the understanding of God. It is not the knowledge of God. And therein is our impact upon the world. Based upon whatever our heart is submitted unto. That's the impact that we have. If we are knowing, if by the Spirit of God our hearts are being directed unto Christ above, and knowing Him who is eternally present, Him unto whom our souls have been brought by the Spirit of God at the moment of new birth, then we are declaring reality in the midst of virtual reality, which is not reality at all. It's dream world. It's like being in a dream. I mean, I, th I think the Apostle Paul also quoted this. Therefore, 
And it says, uh, uh, Arise, you who sleep and slumber, and Christ will give you light. Let your heart arise. Let your heart be directed and brought by the Spirit of God unto where your soul has been brought already by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God, at the moment of new birth. Our other definition, a primary preposition to or into, indicating the point reached or the point already entered. From whence do we come? Okay, so uh, back to John chapter 6, because we actually never read that passage. John chapter 6, verse 28 and 29. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in whom he has sent. Well, that, that, I'll believe that, but what, what can I do? How about just believe in the truth, who Christ is? Believe in Jesus. Set your heart. In view of the fact, therefore, that you have been raised. I, I, I know I'm misquoting that. Let's go back to it. Colossians, we're just going to keep on going back to that verse again and again and again. I should have just printed it out. The Weist translation, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, in view of the fact, therefore, that you were, I like that past tense, were, because he's speaking to those who are born again, speaking to the church, speaking to the body of Christ, that you were raised with Christ, the things above be constantly seeking where Christ is, on the right hand of God, seated. A primary preposition denoting origin, the point whence action or motion proceeds. The apostle, all the apostles actually, the apostle John declared this reality in his gospel. We've been reading from the gospel of John. The apostle Paul declared this reality to the churches. The other apostles declared the reality as well, whether it's written down or not, whether it's documented or not, all based upon, listen, Having been born again, their hearts by the Holy Spirit were being directed above unto Christ. And they were declaring reality as they were knowing reality in the face of Jesus Christ. Therefore, they were indeed messengers sent of God. That which is of God is designed and purposed of God. If the thing, T-H-I-N-G, whatever it is, is of God, it is designed and purposed of God to direct and bring the heart unto Christ above. First, at the moment of new birth, when Christ appears in the soul and the soul is now found eternally secure in Christ. Reality. And then, in the knowledge of the new birth, when the Holy Spirit directs the heart above, from the knowledge of man below, which is complete ignorance, darkness, unto the knowledge of God above, who is Christ himself. 
When that happens, brothers and sisters, we will declare as all the others whose hearts have turned, I did not do that. I'll give you an example, the Apostle Paul. He says this, you know what? I labored more abundantly than all the other apostles. I did. I labored more abundantly than all the other apostles. And then he has to take a couple steps back and say, oh, wait, well, hold on, hold on. Yet, yet not I, but the grace of God who Christ himself is in me. Do you see? How can one take credit for something they have not done? Impossible. One can do it in ignorance, not knowing who is the doer of the work. If we labor, brothers and sisters, it is literally dead works. But when it is of God, it is life. Because it is Christ. So once again, from whence do we come? From whence are we come? Are we come from the first or are we come from the second? Are we come from below or are we come from above? And it is all determined by what our heart is submitted unto, either the knowledge of man below or the knowledge of God above. So with that, uh, take everything, present everything to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord would use that which desires to use to direct our hearts unto, listen, the truth for God's end and God's purpose. Amen? Amen. We'll see you on our next lesson. Lord bless. Amen.